Nelson in looking for Garza backside and in for the first goal in Atlanta United history from Yamil Assad. Take a look at history. Hi, y'all. Welcome to Five Strike Final, the only highly distributed audio discussion recapping all things Atlanta United. Jason M. Jones here, Joe Patrick over there. Glad to have Sam, you. With Sam, us Sam, Sam, Sam. What happened last Joe. night? What happened? <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. We had a, a great time up in Nashville, and we won 3-1, to one, and that's all I really want to talk about from <laughs> last night. I definitely don't want to talk about going into my car outside my house and trying to record a uh, HDAD by myself and completely failing to realize that I had no more room left on my computer. How do you not have uh, room left on your computer? Like Computers have a lot of storage, man. It's a $200 computer I got at Walmart about four (laughs) years ago. It didn't have much life on it. Uh, A little rough, a little rough, but this is, uh, we'll call it Episode 2.2. Episode. Episode, right, exactly, as we like to call it here in HDAD land. Uh, this is, uh, it's kind of like that Tenacious D song, uh, tribute. It's not the greatest H dad in the world. <laughs> it's, it's, it's just a tribute to the one I made last night. That was, it was 25 minutes of just pure hot fire content. <laughs> uh, but we'll try to make this one as best we can. Uh, like Jeff Lernowitz at the DMV watching bureaucracy happen. We are extremely excited to be here recapping our first game. Uh, the last episode, we got a little introduction to it, but this one we get to tell you a little bit about what happened with Atlanta United and Nashville SC, who was uh, competing in their first game in club history. Hell and yeah. It was a blast up in Nashville. I made the trip up there. Uh, got to kind of go around the rainy, rainy city for uh, part of the night before the game and uh, hang out with everyone the day of. Got to meet some folks from Miles of the South. Got to meet Seattle football. Uh, it, was, it was a blast. It was a blast, except for uh, the rain kind of put a damper on things as far as, uh, uh, I guess, revelry standpoint as well as a game standpoint. There were some moments last night where it looked like uh, they were running through a pool half the time. Yeah, it's kind of a shame. I mean, especially I just felt like for Nashville, you know, they had this, and I'm sure, I know that they were still like very happy with um, the crowd and the enthusiasm behind the whole event and everything. But, you know, it was just a little disappointing that, you know, you, you wish they had a nice, like, beautiful sunset or something like that to put on all their social channels to mm-hmm. to be a perfect uh, advert as the british say for the <laughs> for the game um but yeah i mean i still i mean i saw the messages coming in the the tweets and pictures and videos coming in from the bars and it sounded like everyone was still still getting their drinks in and having a good time so yeah, that's the key. Get enough drinks in, you'll have a good time yeah. just about anywhere. Yep. Uh, but a good time for Atlanta United on the pitch for the most part. A 3-1 win. Uh, things get started with the scoring with a Joseph goal in the 58th minute that kind of highlighted exactly why last night was so uh, silly. I guess we'll say a back pass from Nashville SC just straight died right at the 18 edge of the 18-yard box. Uh, wherever they had the infield of the baseball field we were playing on, uh, they replaced that with sod a couple of days before, and the new sod was not exactly draining water extremely well. Uh, and any passes that went there probably went about two feet before they died. That same kind of thing happened, a back pass easily picked up by Joseph. Uh, it's put on a tee, and he just bangs it into the bottom right corner for the first goal. But then, in kind of a what might be a microcosm of our season uh, going forward, uh, Nashville SC strikes back six minutes later, 64th minute, a goal from Ropapa Minsa, 
If you're going to have a dude, very, uh, very impressive. Very impressive. Exactly. Exactly. The name and the goal. If you're going to have a dude. Yeah. I was talking about your pronunciation on that. Oh, thank you. Thank you very much. Like like a pro. That's what I, that's why they pay you the big bucks. Exactly. Exactly. But Ropapa Mensa gets the first goal in Nashville SC history. Uh, Long ball played uh, pretty quickly as soon as possession changed. Uh, It's headed on a cross played into Mensa and about 15 yards out. He chips it over the newly inserted Alec Khan. Ten minutes later, though, five stripes get back on tap. Uh, Darlington Nagby, who, of course, uh, was probably the man of the match for the five stripes. Really, really impressive in his first five stripe debut. Uh, Dribbles about maybe 50 60 yards it seemed like just past everybody uh no one really seemed to step the challenge and from nashville lays it off to brandon vasquez for an easy uh chip over the keeper uh at the 74th minute he did slip on the shot uh which is again kind of indicative of exactly what we're dealing with last night but he made the most of it uh and then four minutes later mario williams uh adds the final goal in the 78th minute uh of course remote williams the Man from uh, Charleston Battery, he was on loan with Charleston all last year, uh, joining the Five Stripes as a really exciting second option off the bench of that striker spot. It um, was. It was so just fun to see him. It was just fun to see him in the in the kit. I thought, you know, he's mm-hmm. he, he, he's one of those guys. You know, we've seen him play in Gold Cups with Jamaica. Um, we've seen him play obviously with the Charleston Battery. It was just fun to see him actually suited up in the red and black. We hadn't. I don't think we'd seen that before, other than his training gear. So that was fun. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, we were real excited about him, too. I, I have declared myself the CEO captain <laughs> and everything else of the Romario Williams hype train. I think he's going to be one of those guys who comes off the bench and scores maybe 10 goals, and they're all just going to be bangers. It's going to be awesome. He's going to score from eight, outside the 18. He's going to make good moves. Uh, it's going to make people look stupid, and it's going to be fun. Last night, a little tap-in, but hey, it's enough to get the job done. Uh, talking to him after the game, he seemed very um, – Humbled by the whole thing, honestly. Oh, really? Uh, real quiet, real quiet spoken guy. Really, yeah. really. Uh, not brash at all. Not what you would expect from a striker. Mm-hmm. But uh, he said he kind of knows what his role is on the team, and he knows he's there to kind of be a supplement to Joseph. And when he comes off the bench, he said he's ready to make an impact. He did just that last night. That's with great. The third goal of the night. So three-one win. Um, not sure how much you can really take away from a game played in the swamp. Yeah, yeah. I mean. Um I, I was going, you know, we have our Laurentowitz Man of the Matches or Man of the Nights, and mm-hmm. um, I was really debating the puddle the or the, the infield, you know, <laughs> maybe like shortstop area. Um, mm-hmm. Very impressive performance by them. Uh, set up jo- Joseph's goal perfectly. But um, Yeah, I mean, massive puddle. It had been really just been getting a lot of criticism in the media, I think. Yeah. I think a lot of people have been writing massive puddle off. But last night, massive puddle shows up in a big way, makes things happen. Absolutely, absolutely. Um and you know it's funny uh, with the field conditions how they were the announcers and I thought this myself that we would have more success in the first half because we were attacking into the end that was where the field was better but as it turned out I think both teams played better when they had the clear the the better field conditions in their own defensive half because then they could have some more assurance playing with the ball at the back um, even though Nashville didn't do that that much it was especially um, you could see it with us a lot more where uh, our defense, our midfielders could come back and link up with the back line, kind of build the play. And then you, usually we, uh, in the second half, we would, we tended to just play everything on the right side because the left was just unplayable, which is too bad for Andrew Carlton, by the way, because he, when he came mm-hmm. in late in the game, he came in on that left wing role. 
Um, and there's nothing really he could do out there. The ball was not going out there. No one was brave enough to to dance with the puddle, so to speak. So, um, <laughs> yeah, no, he definitely moved. It was, it was a, a very, it was a strange game in that aspect where all the play was was funneling through specific areas for both teams. Speaking of the announcers, apparently I was, of course, I was there. You were watching the stream, I believe, and did you turn the sound off by uh, halftime like most everyone else, apparently? <laughs> I was bouncing back and forth. Um, I really wanted to listen to uh, 92.9 The Game. Uh, Jason Longshore is um, the soccer god, the Atlanta soccer god, and mm-hmm. I wanted to listen to his insight, as well as their new play-by-play guy, Mike Conti, uh, who I thought did a terrific job, by the way. I think he will be a great voice for soccer in Atlanta. Um, so I wanted to listen to them, but I listened to a little bit of the stream too, just cause I wanted the laughs. So, um, yeah, it was, it was, it was pretty, it was pretty good. They, uh, they were really building it up. Like it was like some hated, like a, some big, uh, rivalry filled with hatred and, um, mm-hmm. you know, it, it, I forget the exact words they were saying. They were like, well, this might be more than just a friendly, you know, that's the one that the, the announcers <laughs> always like to go with as if Eze- Ezekiel Barco has any idea what's going on. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> oh my gosh. That's uh apparently there was also some confusion as to who Tata Martino was. Uh yeah. Well. Yeah. Uh, whole lot of interesting things going on there. One of my uh, one of my favorite moments was uh mm-hmm. we picked we took the ball off a player and Atlanta was going down the, on a counterattack and just on the like this breakaway they just cut to Tata Martino who's just staring at the field, just a close up of his face. <laughs> like, well, this is this is good. I, I'm really liking uh to see Tata's face watching the, the counterattack, I wonder what's happening. I was he trying, I was trying Sith. to see the reflection through from his eyeballs. <laughs> what was happening? He kind of had a Sith vibe to him. I oh think. yeah, he looked like Palpatine yeah. almost, just with, yeah. the, with a hood over uh, his head uh-huh. the whole time. Uh, but maybe, maybe, of, maybe that's how. Maybe that's actually how Joseph scored. Was Tata used the force to stop the ball? Oh, okay, there you we go. We figured it out. We figured it out. Absolutely. Um, Looking at the not a friendly thing, by the way, though LGP wasn't messing around for the first few minutes. <laughs> yeah, there. are you kidding me? Good my, lord, my favorite, dude. My favorite part about him was he was just uh, so I don't know what the word is. He, he could not believe that the fouls were being called on him as he's just cleaning out people from the back. <laughs> yeah. I love Leandro Gonzalez Perez. Oh, it was amazing! It was amazing. I was hoping none of the folks from the Predators were in attendance. They would maybe try to pick him up on a transfer. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Don't know quite how that worked, but anyway, five stripes get the win uh, in a messy, messy game. Uh, and you guys had questions about it, and we're going to go and answer those right now. Uh, normally, we'll do this through Facebook Live and right after the game, but of course, we had some issues last night. We're on the road, and of course, they had to kick me out of the press box eventually in Nashville, so I couldn't hang around. And yes, if you want to, s- if you want to send in your questions for the next game, you can do so by following us and sending them to us at five stripe final on twitter that's five spelled out and then also you can email the show at five stripe final at gmail.com also five spelled out just wanted to throw that out there good plug good plug all righty let's get to our questions our first question comes from kelly francis at the kelly francis on twitter also at mouse of the south one of the mouse of the southers uh, who came up to Nashville, got to meet her for a second. But she just asked whether you take some Barco. Uh, we haven't talked a whole lot about Zeke yet, uh, but frankly, I thought he was really impressive in a short amount of time. Yeah, I thought he was I thought he was great. I actually um, put together some gifts last night, posted them on uh, my personal Twitter, um, and just of some of the things he was doing, I thought it was really underrated. It's too bad that 
everyone else in the team was kind of I, I, I thought that the first team in general was kind of lackluster. They looked kind of and I think it was a lot of it was down to the pitch. Um, but him just individually, he was making things happen. He was playing guys through. He was making defenders look silly with the when he was dribbling with the ball, running at him. Um, I don't think he took a shot, or no, he did take a shot. I think and missed. He like a like a a low one that went right by the crossbar. And then he had great mm-hmm. set piece delivery. So I mean, I thought it was uh, very very good. I mean, he didn't like. I know a lot of people were worried that he might be like a, a selfish type of player. Um, judging by his YouTube videos and things like that. But this is the only way you can judge any player. Exactly. Exactly. But I thought he was really doing a good job, keeping the ball moving quickly, um, playing through teammates. And overall, I think the early signs were encouraging. It's really hard to take too much from this game because of the field conditions of we, as we've talked about, but yeah, I was pretty impressed. What you, you the same, I'm assuming. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. There was a moment speaking about the selfishness. There was a moment, uh, I believe it's about the 18th minute, but Ezekiel, Ezekiel gets the ball on the uh, on the left wing, uh, brings it into the 18-yard box, dances around a couple of defenders, and laid it back for Nagby, who just burned one off the left post. Uh, it almost blew up Atlanta United Twitter, I think. It was pretty <laughs> incredible just to watch. But it's one of those things I think we're going to see a lot. He's going to come in from that left wing. He's going to dribble. He's going to get past people. And he's going to lay it off for people to make things happen. And it very nearly happened right there and broke social media in half. Uh, he's he's going to be a really um, – dynamic player i think the mold as teoto football said last night is philippe coutinho i think for liverpool it seems very very similar uh the movement the speed um and i think he's gonna be one of those folks who makes a huge impact just about in every game i don't think there's really a whole lot of ways to slow him down yeah i think i think one of the things that he brings that we don't really have a lot in our squad is he likes to run right at guys and i think that Maybe only Tito, you would say, is another player in our squad who likes to do that, um, who likes to like, di- like really take someone on directly. Um, and I think the, uh, the biggest difference there is the, the difference in speed between them. They're both very fast, but Tito's got that high-end speed. He's going to get those legs moving. He's going to be you know, running a 100-meter dash. Uh, Zeke? Zeke is quick. Zeke is not going to win a 100-meter dash. He's going to win a shuttle run. He's going to win maybe just these things in tight spaces. Um, but in those little moments and those little bursts of speed is where Zeke creates his, creates his magic, and it's going to be really fun to watch. Yeah, um, so let's go on to our next question from uh, McQuaid at Q-U-X-D-E. Uh, that person, I don't know if it's a man or a woman, said, were we impressed with Zizzo's performance, The Life Aquatic? Mm-hmm. Um, I saw Zizo's age or Zizu. I, I have no idea how to actually say it. I'm gonna say Zizu. I think. <laughs> Let's just yeah, Zizu. yeah, yeah. Uh, but I saw his age and kind of expect and saw some of the comments coming from Red Bulls fans and expected him to be fully decrepit and yeah. just, you know out there in a walker almost. He moves well. He moves a lot better than I thought. Uh, he's kind of quick. Uh, he moves in sort of the same way that Garza does. Uh, but at the same time, he was out of position a few times he got dispossessed a few times it's definitely a guy i can see why uh fans might get easily frustrated with if he was starting but he's not he's not going to be starting is the bottom line it's going to be escobar uh or somewhere else mm-hmm. um at that right back position uh as a depth guy though zisu's gonna be fine. sure yeah i know the the red bulls fans were really had me worried i i they were acting like uh, he was like a worse version of Tyron Mears or something. Um, 
I, I can handle I, that again. Good <laughs> lord. <laughs> but uh, you know, yeah, he was fine. I mean, and and you're right. Like there were he t- uh, tactically, you know, it wasn't kind of there with him. I felt like he was kind of stationed way too far forward. Um, when we had the ball, like to the point where we couldn't, he he took himself out of the the build up where mm-hmm. he could have been useful, you know, building it out of the back. And I think that kind of hurt Gressel too. Gressel didn't have a good game, and I think you know there's just a relationship there that needs to be built. He's been with the team for like a week, so um, you know. Exactly. That, that, but but yeah, I'm I was more interested to see how he moved physically because he's a older player and he looked he looked fine. He was getting. Getting throwing himself into challenges and um, yeah and looked looked aggressive and lively out there so that that was kind of the main thing for me and that's a lot the, for a lot of these in these preseason games you just want to kind of see players moving around well and um, looking like they have some confidence you know and that's just it it's just going to take time you talked a little bit last night I think in the Slack chat about Nagby Barco and uh, Miguel kind of occupying the same space mm-hmm. right now. They all kind of want to get to the same spots. And you could see that a few times where they'd all end up kind of bunched up and there wouldn't be uh, a whole lot of room for either of them to move. Uh, but it's going to take time. It's going to sort itself out. It's going to take, you know, these four or five preseason games we have left. And hopefully by the time we get to Houston, it's all fixed and everyone knows where they're supposed to be. But same thing with Zizou. It's just going to take a second. It's going to take a second for him to know where to be. Um, and, again, he's not going to be a guy that's going to get uh, – you know, 90 minutes every game. He's going right. to come in and just be a replacement, be some depth. And it's worth noting, I'm I'm pretty sure I'm correct in saying this, in that he play, He started the first half playing more of a traditional right-back role, and then the second half he was playing as like a right-center back. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, it's not uh, to move to a back three. Yeah, so it was good to see his, little, his versatility, which we had heard about, but it was nice to kind of see that in action as well from him. Um, let's move on to the next question. It comes from Sean O'Leary at bro underscore Leary. Great Twitter handle. Uh, did Gressel play bad, or did expect, or did expectations of his involvement change? Well, of course, Gressel started out uh, listed as the right wing in a four-two-three-one on the team sheet I'm looking at here, uh, and it's kind of a position we we've gotten used to seeing him in, and. He was just bad. He was just real bad. He was bad. He was bad. <laughs> he was we, just bad. That's the only way you can say it. No problem was called really. spade a spade. He was bad. I think he would tell you he was bad. I mean, the conditions weren't good. He's playing with new teammates. Um, and that's not to say, you know, he, like, I'll be straight up. He had bad touches. He would, then he, after he would take a bad touch, you know, he, then he would, like, dive into a challenge trying to win the ball back, you know, probably out of frustration that he had a bad touch he was just he was, didn't have a good game it's fine that that stuff happens it happens it happens and I, at one point i hit up the the slack i think probably about 30 minutes in said is gressel even playing someone tell me <laughs> yeah and yeah. then maybe a minute after that he he just two-footed someone and got a card <laughs> so he showed up at least right after i said that yeah uh, but, but i, uh, I bad think bad game for julia it's I, okay i think it is worth talking about like our expectations for him because I feel like a lot of people, you know, he he had this great season last year, won Rookie of the Year, um, but then we've brought in players that play his position. So um, I think, you know, I wouldn't get expectations too high for Gressel. I I would be surprised if he puts up the same numbers this year as he does last year. I just don't think he's going, the playing time is going to be there for him um, in the positions that he played last year. I think he might get some more playing time like we saw in the second half where he was playing as like a right wing back. Um, I think he might have more roles this year where he's used for his energy, either at wingback or um, at like in like central midfield or something. I don't know if we'll see him playing at up um, like as a wing 
um, or somewhere you know close to the box where he's going to be able to assist and score goals like he did last year. Um, so, but I wouldn't put you know when we judge him, I wouldn't judge him just based on those those final statistics. I, I would kind of try to look at his game differently this year because I think he's going to play a little different role. He's going to be used sparingly, um, not nearly as much as last year, uh, but it's not a bad problem to have to have the MLS Rookie of the Year coming off the bench for you. Uh, we're a deep team, of course, and that's just kind of amazing that we're going to have one of the best young players, youngish players. He's, he's like 23, <laughs> yeah. won the Rookie of the Year last year, but a good young player to have coming off the bench. Um, it's, it's exciting, honestly, even if we, he does have a bad game. Uh, in this preseason and continues to look a little rough. Uh, we've got a whole lot of folks there to right behind him to pick him up. Yeah, um, you know, it's it, you know, last year the the criticism of Atlanta United was that we had a good starting eleven, but we didn't have a lot of depth, which is you know what to be expected for an expansion franchise. Uh, when you know when you just don't have the pieces that are already in place for you to build upon. So now we're kind of seeing the the opposite of that. We now we have the pieces built from the foundation we set last year. And, you know, some of the guys that played key roles in the past are going to start being used in a different way um, so that we can continue to keep on improving. Yeah, looking at the subs and the roster that they put out last night, there's not really anyone coming off the bench that I'm going, oh, no, this guy's coming in. Yeah. Uh, this is going to be a bad experience. Um, one of them started. I won't mention who, but that's okay. <laughs> um, <laughs> he's also making a lot more money than us. You figure it out who it is. Um <laughs> But, you know, everyone coming off the bench, I was either excited to see or, in, or thought they brought something different and brought something effective uh, to the table. And we saw that. We saw two subs come in. We saw Vasquez score, and we saw Romario Williams score. It's going to be a team that's very, very deep and has uh, a lot of interesting dynamics uh, coming off the bench. Yeah, for sure. All right, should we move on to uh, our fourth question? This one comes from Brandon Felder at Brandon underscore Felder on Twitter Nagby man of the match I think he has to be you know uh I was shocked that he went 78 minutes that's crazy to me I mean we I we'd kind of been led to believe that some of these guys were going to go 30 minutes maybe a half like a lot of the starters and then 78 minutes for Nagby so um yeah I mean and that's that's great he went 78 minutes he wasn't hurt he looked lively the entire time he was pretty much running the game um, ended up getting the assists. As you mentioned earlier, he had a shot uh, on a great volley that um, it hit the post or it maybe just went just wide. Uh, I think he had two actually like really good volleys from near the top of the box. So, um, yeah, I mean, I, 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 I don't see anyone else. Maybe you could give it to Barco because he did, he did some, a lot of good things. It's definitely between those two, but I would just give it to Nagby based on how long he was out there and how he just ran that game. Yeah, three guys ended up playing 78 minutes, Zizzo, McCann, and Nagby. I think that kind of tells you a little bit about what Tata uh, kind of wanted to see from this game and see you know, how those guys were performing, uh, especially with Zizzo and McCann, who are going to be fighting for some bench spots. But he wanted to get a look at his new center mid, and Nagby overwhelmingly uh, outperformed expectations, I think, on my end. I was a little unsure of how it was going to work, but uh, he looked phenomenal. And I apologize to Rob Rootsry for uh, – ever ever doubting his love <laughs> for Darlington Nagby uh he was excellent excellent uh he's never I don't think he's ever going to be dispossessed all year he does a great job of keeping things moving and uh, when he gets a chance to take a swipe at it and bang one in from 18 yards out he's going to take it um and if he gets a chance to make a huge run 
like he did for the Vasquez assist, he's going to take it. Um, so he's, he was really good at knowing when to get forward and when to try to make something happen and knowing when to pull back and just kind of facilitate. So let's go ahead and make that one official. He's not the he's not the Laurentowitz man of the night, but we we can book him down in the ledger as the uh, as the man Massive of the match. Massive difference. Massive. But we'll 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 explain that later. We'll explain more. Uh, our last question comes from Daniel uh, P F A L Z G Falls Falls Graf will say I guess uh, at P F A L Z City. Sorry, Daniel. We can't say your name. It's not our fault. <laughs> Nashville kits are they the ugliest in North America? I thought they were fine. They were they yellow. were they were very like preseasony. You know, okay. it, it, like I I, uh, I did, didn't Chattanooga have like the exact same uniforms we played them last year? Like I feel I feel like that's just like the classic uniform you play of someone that in preseason. <laughs> Could be a Tennessee thing. I was actually talking to a uh, guy who was working for the team and the communications department in the press box for the game, and there was a uh, big big uh to do about the uniforms initially nashville came out and said that they were going to wear navy uh kits uh for the for their home kit for the season and the fans freaked out they had been wearing gold back when they were a semi-pro team and so that big gold kit reveal yesterday was a big deal for the fans apparently so as long as they enjoy it i'm not gonna have to look at it all year um, we won't see them in MLS for probably another two years. So I really don't think they were that bad. I'm looking at their kits now. I just pulled them up and I got to mm. say, you know, they're fine. I mean, I think probably if you don't like them, it's just cause you don't like yellow or you don't like the color scheme, you know, something like that. Mm. I don't think there's anything other than that. I don't think there's anything, um, you know, yeah, bad about can't them. Say, can't say those are the ugliest kits in North America when, when Orlando's still sitting, you know, that's true. Miles to the South of us. Yeah. Yeah. All righty. Let's move on to a segment we're calling Things We Learned. And we don't have like a theme song or a lead into that. Maybe we can work on that one day. But uh, Someone send us something. Send, a, send us an audio file that we can play in between these segments. An HDAD appropriate audio file, please. It has to be HDAD. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, things We Learned. Joe Patrick, what did we learn? Uh, water is wet. Yes. That's one. Okay. Um, it, you it know. was very, very wet and kind of messed everything up last night. That's kind of all we learned. Mm-hmm. I think. Um, so moving on, that was, that was number one. Um, McCann, Chris McCann, probably not a center mid. I, I'm going to say he's not a center mid for us for a couple of reasons. One, we've seen, we saw him play so well last year when he got moved to left back when we, he came in and uh, replacing Greg Garza. And he played really well there, like better last year than he had played in any of his uh, roles when he came in at center mid. So, and I think that's just because he doesn't really have great like awareness of what's going on around him. So when he's playing over by a boundary, he doesn't have to worry about you know uh, an oppo- opposing player you know coming in from that side. He only has to worry. He only has to play the game in 180 degrees. You know that's kind of the way it's phrased a lot of times. So yeah, I would say he's not. And especially we saw in the second half, uh, Tata put him in at left center back, which I thought is an interesting role for him because I don't think like you know. Like I shit on Chris McCann, I'll I'll just say it. Like, and I, it's not that I like doing it, but you know, it's just when you see his like his him play compared to a lot of our other talented players, it's just he doesn't really stack up well, especially in his position. But I will say, I think like a left center back role, I think could be a really good position for him, and I think like that might be a better uh, suit for what his skill set. I think that you know he's going to have when he's playing left center back, he's going to have more 
time to assess what's going on. And I don't think his technical skill is bad in terms of passing. Like, I think his passing is pretty good. It's just, I feel like what he struggles with is when he receives the ball in the middle of the park, he'll, like, just turn into trouble a lot of times. Sometimes he'll just, like, turn right into a, a defender and then um, lose the ball. So I think if he plays in a position like left center back where he has a little more time and space and he's not going to be under pressure right away, I think we'd get a lot more out of him. And I think he can be, I think he could be successful there. What do you think? successful position last year was when he hopped in at left back for Greg Garza and did a pretty solid job, pretty solid job. And like you said, it kind of keeps him from getting too much trouble in the center of the park. He just kind of, like you said, he looks lost sometimes. He just doesn't quite know what's around him. Like to me, Chris Goslin looked like a better center mid than than Chris McCann. And I'm not not saying that like Chris Chris Goslin is a better player player overall but he's just better suited to that position he looks more aware of what's going on he kind of knows how to um how to like possess the ball in the in, the, in those tight congested areas better than better than McCann. and he's making about eight hundred thousand less dollars so you know <laughs> there you go a little bang for your buck from chris goslin uh number three atlanta players need to sort out play in the left channel yeah we kind of touched on this i and this was this was kind of my thing that I added to the show sheet, um, and you touched on it earlier how we talked about Barco and Garza and Nagby and Almiron, who all like to be in that kind of left channel. Um, Barco obviously likes to cut in. Garza likes to do the underlapping thing. Nagby kind of plays on a left side of central mid and likes to push up into that area. And then Miguel Almiron, who's a left-footed player, um, normally those kinds of players would like to tend to. St- position themselves more on the right side so that they have their body kind of open um, and their stronger foot they can like whip in a uh, an in-swing cross or a shot something like that but for whatever reason he really likes that left channel Um, he likes to kind of play in there and I think it's because when he was at Lanus he played in a 4-3-3 where he was the left-sided central midfielder and so he would do that kind of the role that Nagby does for us in the game yesterday where He's playing in central midfield, and he's like running up and pushing up into the attack, kind of in into that left channel. So, I think it's one of those things where the players will just figure it out. I mean, they can't all be there, and they know that. Um, it's just going to take some time with them playing together. Um, I'm not. It's not something I'm worried about long term, but it, I think it's something that kind of was a was a sticking point last night. It was a smaller field too, uh, only about 72 yards wide compared to the more expansive Mercedes-Benz. Uh, not sure the length of the pitch, uh, but you know a little less room to work, and maybe once they get into the bigger pitch, it'll be able to work itself out a little more. It was also very tough for them because you know the pl- all the play, all the buildup was coming up that left side because when they because the the sloppy field conditions were on the right side, so the ball just naturally was not being progressed up that way. Uh, the ball was being progressed up. But the left hand side and so that so everyone was kind of going over there so um there's it's a, there's a very good chance that this could work itself out as soon as the next game or the next week when um when when we're playing in the was it the charleston champions cup something like that you're, you're kind of close you're kind of close uh <laughs> i'm we'll, close we'll, every time right right and that's all that counts that's all that yeah. counts uh in h dad land anyways uh, now they'll have a few chances to get things sorted out. Of course, they go up to Columbus uh, next Saturday, uh, and then the uh, Carolina Challenge Cup is the uh, the ah. next week. Uh, Wednesday they'll face Minnesota United. Uh, Saturday they'll face uh, Charleston Battery, uh, our former USL affiliate up there. That'll be another fun trip. Um, but yeah, it'll it'll be fine. 
it'll be fine. I'm not worried about it yet. I'm not worried about really anything from this. Uh, because as we learned, uh, our number five uh, thing that we learned, uh, not a whole lot. Not a whole lot. Real hard to pick up anything from this. Yeah, yeah, I think that's about right. Especially tactically, like it was, it's just tactically, like we uh, we were just talking about with those players, kind of in the same space. Like it's hard to tell if that was because of um, like some true, like uh, I don't know, un, uh, fundamental misunderstanding with one another, or if it's just because the field was wet and they couldn't play on the right side. So um, yeah, it's really hard to take too much, but. Um, you know, we can we can kind of see who who excelled individually. So I th- I think that's what I'm taking from it more is just looking at individual performances, um, and just trying to glean any sense of happiness I can out of that. Right, right. I I want to add one more. I want to add one more. It's not sure. on the show sheet, but I want to add it. Um, hot chicken is the devil. Good oh Lord! Oh my gosh! I got talked into uh, into trying it from. Uh, Teotal footballer writes for the site and Sam Franco, who is over at 96 The Ref and uh, former Mouse of the South alumni. Uh, but uh, they, they convinced me to go try it at a place called Prince's in Nashville. Uh, two bites in, I was, I was crying. I was physically sweating. I could feel myself just breaking in two. It was, it was a miserable, miserable experience. It was also delicious. I will, I will give it that. <laughs> it was really, really good. So, also and then I'm sure you had Pr- Prince's Revenge afterward. I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> Not on the H, Dad. <laughs> uh, so there you go. There you go. That's that's what we learned from our uh, our Nashville trip. Let's go ahead and get to our Lorenowitz Man of the Night. Again, this is our uh, not our man of the match. This is our guy who you, you may not have noticed a whole lot uh, going out of this one. Uh, your underappreciated uh, hero on the front lines for the five stripes in this one. Joe, who you got? Puddle. Puddle. No, I'm, no, I'm, I'm going to go with uh, Brandon Vazquez. Um, no one's talking about him after the game. I wrote a column post-game, and I didn't even write about him. But, um, you know, I, th- I think that that's good. I think that the fact that he came in, he scored a goal and uh, also came close on another. Uh, Chris Goslin played him through for, for another chance that was saved by the keeper. I mean, he just looked good. Like he looked like a guy that you'd be comfortable bringing in off the bench in a regular season game, um, you know, to to spell someone on the right wing. Like he looked better to me than than Gressel did on the right wing. Um, and I granted, you know, in the second half they were playing against Nashville's backups as well, so the the competition was um, definitely lowered for him. But uh, yeah, he just really impressed me and um, looks fit, looks sharp. Had, the finish was very nice, so. He's my Lorena slipping. Man. All right, all right, very nice. I was talking to Doug Ro- Roberson uh, before and after the game uh, up in the press. Didn't know he talked stages. to. I didn't know he talked to bloggers. Oh, he does. He does. He talks to some okay. of us, anyways. I don't know. Okay, uh, lowly bloggers here on DSS. Uh, who, by the way, we reached ten thousand followers last night on DSS Twitter. Real proud of ourselves for that. So, yes, thank uh, you, everybody. Yeah, we made it. We made it. Maybe not lowly, as lowly as we think, but uh, no, he was real excited about Vasquez and how he looked. In training, and uh, he continues to kind of show that as we go along. My Internet's man of the night is well, he's I can say underappreciated, but it kind of seems like everyone's been talking about him today. So maybe I didn't pick a good one, uh, but Chris Goslin was he fits. phenomenal. He works. 
was just phenomenal. Got in the 78th minute, 12 minutes of work, but like you said, uh, you mentioned the through ball into Vasquez. That was absolutely gorgeous. He just looks more comfortable in that center mid spot uh, than someone like Chris McCann, who is, you know, 12 years older than him just about. Um, he just looked great. He just looked real, real sharp. Uh, he's an exciting player. He's a young guy. He's a homegrown. And um, if he keeps playing like that, he may get more first-team minutes this year than Andrew Carlton, uh, which yeah. would be shocking to think about uh, compared yeah. to the hype we had for Carlton last year. But it, j- there may just be more room for him. He may be a better fit. Uh, I know Rob Usri is already leading the, the Chris Goslin hype campaign, he said. Um, so good luck to him. I hope we can see a lot more Chris. Yeah, I I mentioned in the writers' room last night. I kind of hope that he could establish himself in the role of like having like the the Kevin Kratz kind of role, where he comes in, um, in several games in the seventy fifth, eightieth minute, and just kind of you know when we want to shut a game down, he you know add another body to the middle of central midfield. Uh, I think he would flourish in that kind of role. Now I don't know. We could. There's another debate to be had that we can maybe have some other time about whether that would be the best thing for his development personally. Um, you know, maybe he's better off getting 90 minutes every week in USL, even though he could be offering a five minutes like every other game in MLS. But, um, you know, I think he's good enough for sure. Be interesting to see as we move along. Of course, you can essentially you can send players back and forth from USL pretty regularly as long as you have what's called a right of recall. Uh, okay. with whatever loan you give to USL players. So hopefully he'll get uh, enough minutes either way. Yeah, the, the research, the I, I always, every every like week at some point I tell myself, you know, I really need to research the USL registration rules. And then it's like, and then every week I convince myself I'll do it tomorrow. Yeah. And then I never do it, of It's course. not really a rabbit hole you want to go down. It's not fun. Yeah. Not exciting yeah. in any way. Uh, what is exciting is our quote of the night. That'll wrap yeah. things up here. Yeah, and, here. and when you, before you get into the quote of the night, mm-hmm. um, well, I want you to just talk about, because I wasn't there, I want you to talk about more than just the quote itself, but how this quote came out. Like, like what was, what was prompt? Like, what, what did, I, I think it was Doug Roberson that asked the question. Mm-hmm. What did what what was going on? Just describe describe the uh, the environment here. Uh, well, we were <laughs> we were next to a batting cage. We're in the in the <laughs> the basement of the uh, of the stadium here. Um, so we were outside the batting cage. Uh, they were in the press scrum with Tata, and uh, we'd all kind of run out of things to ask them from you know the generic preseason stuff that we've already asked and thought about a million times. Uh, so we're in the Music City. Uh, Doug just decided to say, hey, do you like country music? And immediately said, yeah, 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 <laughs> yes, yes. And then looked us all dead in the eye and went, Kenny Rogers. And that's what we got. That's our quote of the night is Kenny Rogers from Tata Martino, folks. Kenny, who, who knew Kenny he loved the game? Rogers, who knew? Who yeah. knew? No kidding. Oh, man. Wow. Well, what, a, what, a way to, what a way to end this one. So, <laughs> I can't imagine a better way. So, um you can, if you want, we will be back on. Uh, I'm going to be out of town next weekend for the Charleston. Uh, yeah, uh, it's it's not Charleston Champions Cup. I can't remember what it is, but um, it's whatever your heart decides, Jeff. Sure. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, for the preseason games next weekend, I'm going to be out of town. So we just stay posted to us on Twitter. Uh, follow us at at Five Stripe Final for news on that as to how we will be covering that if if we do anything. Um, if we don't do anything next weekend, we'll definitely be doing it for the the following games, um, at, and whether they Wednesday and then the following weekend. So um, we will be covering it. Just stay tuned to to 
find out how how much coverage there will be but hopefully we can get something up after every game um and then like i said you can tweet at us email the show at five strike final.com or at uh five strike final at gmail.com uh, and then follow us on follow Dirty South Soccer on Facebook, where we will uh, broadcast these from uh, when, when we have live games in the regular season. All right, sounds good. Shout out Ryan so Cadenies, our biggest fan. Uh, shout out Migos. Shout out Andre Thousand. Uh, shout out everyone who listens to the H Dad. Joe, anything else to add? That's it for me. Sweet. See y'all later. See ya. Bye y'all. Bye. You gotta learn to play it right. You got to know when to hold it. Know when to fold up, know when to walk away, and know when to run. You never count your money. When you're sitting at the table, there'll be time enough for counting when the dealing's done.